Come, Holy Spirit, open our ears to hear the Holy Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, open our minds to understand that Word. Come, Holy Spirit, and open our hearts that that Word may live and grow there, and from there will overflow to other people. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. After the joys of yesterday, and many of you were here, and when we, as we did the ordination, we did it in the theme of the Holy Cross. So today we continue with the Holy Cross octave, which goes on until Monday night, basically. The eight days which we particularly commemorate the role of the cross in our redemption. Therefore, this morning, you've noticed we are wearing red vestments instead of the traditional green for this time of the year. The red, of course, both denotes the Holy Spirit, but in this time, it emphasizes the blood, the blood that was shed upon the cross by our Lord Jesus Christ so that we could be saved. As some of you have already heard me say, I'm approaching another two years at the latest, my uh, 50th anniversary of my uh, ordination. And uh, after that length of time being uh, ordained mainly as a priest, uh, one would think there's nothing much new to experience when it comes to the uh, operation of things within the church. I'm glad that that's wrong. Uh, It's always nice to have a new experience with uh, a reaction that really pleases you. Such was the case yesterday when for the first time in this long period of ordination I had the opportunity to be part of the first confessions of young people. In those 50 years I've heard many, many, many first confessions, but this was a part of their training and their growth that they know that while we do not have, we have obviously a need and a desire to confess our sins, to do it in various ways is an option open to Anglicans. And at least at an early age, these young people were made aware that the sacrament of penance is there, one of our seven sacraments, and that from time to time, when they want to avail of it, they are able to do so. I think what made it so important was to be able to see it uh, through the eyes of a child. Uh, Jesus has told us that in order uh, to get the right relationship, we must become as little children. We must see it as children see it. And if you can think back uh, that far, as I'm trying to do now, how you looked at things, say, before you were 10 years old, and uh, the still part of the age of innocence, when you were not really affected by the real uh, terrible temptations uh, of the world, the flesh, and the devil. So I congratulate the parish that it is doing this as part of its training for our children. And I also this morning want to welcome, of the four of them, uh, three of them will be receiving the Blessed Sacrament of the Body and Blood of Christ for the first time. And when you come forward to do that, I want you to know that you have reached the stage where you are able to receive the fullness of this gift. 
And keep in mind, because I think it's very important for you to keep in mind, nothing more important can happen to you or to any of us on the day that we receive the Blessed Sacrament. When you receive the sacrament today, nothing else that happens today. I mean, if you were to win a super lotto, if you were to be, receive a gift or an inheritance you didn't expect, any of those things, no matter how momentous they might seem, will still pale in comparison to the fact that you have this day received into your bodies and into your lives Jesus Christ in such a very special way as he comes to us in the sacrament that he left and instituted the night before he died. Made it quite clear to Christians when they come together, this is their central act of worship, to receive him into themselves and to carry him out into the world. The first part we'll all experience. Bringing him into the world is more difficult. Uh, We tend sometimes, when we come in the door, to uh, uh, put on our, our church life, And then we will have a wonderful service together. And when the service is over, as we go out the door, we take that off and put on our everyday life. And that's one of the reasons why uh, we are not nearly as effective as we should be in the world. You're going out of here today with Jesus Christ in you. You are carrying Jesus Christ, and people should see something in the way you are living that reflects that you are a redeemed person and that you have this wonderful opportunity of week after week and day after day, if you so desire, to come and be strengthened again by his presence in the Blessed Sacrament. And so the uh, young people who will come forward in a special little ceremony this morning, please pray for them uh, as they come forward, because uh, they are moving out into a world which, as I said yesterday, I think, I really do believe, it's far more difficult than the world most of us went out into. And it's prone with far more pitfalls because the world today is accepting things uh, secular and expecting the church to accept the same, the same thing. And this uh, often uh, is going to lead to an extra strengthening if we expect them to remain firm through such terrible temptations. Yesterday we talked about the carrying of the cross, Simon of Cyrene carrying the cross of Jesus, and how we all, particularly his ordained people, but all, all of us who are baptized into his name, have a responsibility to, to carry the cross. We have a privilege to carry the cross, knowing before we pick it up that it will bring us both joy, happiness, and sorrow, and tragedy. It's all part of it. We are here today rejoicing in uh, the uh, heritage we have in our children. We're rejoicing in the gift we have of having another deacon in this church. We're rejoicing in so many things. And yet there are some of us here this morning who are mourning as well, who are missing the loss of a loved one. That old saying, one man rejoices while his brother weeps. Uh, as a family, we weep and we rejoice together. Weep with those who weep uh, and to rejoice with those who, who rejoice. And that's how we support one another. That's why it's so very, very important for us all the time to come together in this way and to feel what binds us together as this family in Jesus Christ. 
it's always difficult, say, at a time of a death, to, to, to console people. But how much more difficult it is to do it if they are people who do not know Jesus and who do not believe that there is any future for the person who just died. We have this wonderful gift. We come to celebrate it as we look at the, at, at the empty cross, knowing that because of what happened on that cross, death has no more dominion over any of us. And it is simply a saying goodbye until we catch up later down the road. There's got to be a wonderful comfort in that. It has to be a, 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 a strength in it, a strength that I, I witnessed a couple of days ago when I had the, had, had the privilege of, of, of assisting one of, one of your members move from this church temporal to the church expectant. And to me, it was a wonderful experience to see the stalwart way that Annette stood there seeing her son gone from her for a while and yet being able to give such strength to me and to the rest of us who were there. That's what comes from being a Christian. That's what comes from knowing that it is just moving from one stage to another, and that we, in turn, will catch up and, too, be found worthy to be with them where they have gone. The cross is the central symbol of the Christian. Our churches are marked with it. Our, uh, it um, a lot of our insignia all centers around the cross, and it is the sign which so identifies us. It's the sign that's attacked so very much in Muslim countries and in this country uh, from time to time. Uh, it will be an attempt to take the cross away from our place of worship. Even in little secluded Newfoundland where I live, the little island of half a million people, there was a group insisting that in the, 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 the uh, uh, chapel in the general hospital there uh, that the sign of the cross be taken down so it would be more inclusive for other people. And we had a terrible struggle in what's supposed to be a Christian country, a country, uh, a, a province where I live where it, 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 its uh, motto is seek ye first the kingdom of God. And yet the cross associated with the kingdom of God, uh, we were going, to, there was such pressure to take it down. And it's more insidious than you think. There is, and I don't want to alarm you, but there is a movement across this country, across America, and across Canada uh, to the, 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 the uh, a deliberate move, not by every person who, who, who is, is, is Islamic, uh, but by certain factors within Islam who see the Islamization of the world as their ultimate goal. And when we give way on something which you may say as simple as the cross, where it is the beginning of the skids, as it were. The skids are under us. And so we have to be ever constant that we are prepared, just as so many people over the centuries in this church were willing to shed their blood than give up the cross. So we have to make our little stand, be it politically or through other means of, of, of stressing the fact that it is the symbol of Christianity and 
there is no other way by which we can be saved than through the name of Jesus Christ. We are in times that require courage and the desire sometimes, not the desire, but the need to even become unpopular. One last thing I want to say about the cross, because we see them in different forms. There's the the cross that Don just carried as we read the gospel, plain cross, plain cross on our altar. Other manifestations of the cross have the figure of Christ hanging on it, a crucifix we call it. And then there's another one where Christ is on it, but he's not dying on the cross. He's triumphant with his crown of glory and his robes and everything else, uh, which we call a Christus Rex, Christ the King. And I think it's important as Anglicans we have all three because it it reminds us of uh, the cross as a sign of, 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 of suffering and death, which was on behalf of us so we wouldn't have to suffer and die eternally. Uh, the, the empty cross showing us that Christ could not be held there, that he, he, he uh, rose from the dead. The cross is left bare. And then the cross with him and us king, indicating that he is the uh, king eternal and is preparing a kingdom for us where we will join him. You will also notice that on this cross, for example, the initials IHS are there. I think the one in the chapel has I-N-R-I. And uh, just to make sure we know, the, the only biblically legitimate sign over the cross that we have uh, you know, reference to is the I-N-R-I, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. That was the sign that was put over his head in, in, in three languages. Well, why the I-H-S? Oh, some people say to me sometimes, they really think it's what it means. You know, IHS, uh, uh, I have suffered. Well, yes, he did suffer. But IHS really translates into uh, Isius uh, Abinum Soter. That's probably not pronounced properly, but uh, the English is quite clear to us. Jesus, the Savior of mankind. Uh, The... Interesting one of the INRI, of course, is that when the Jews saw that put up there, they came to Pilate and said, look, that's wrong. He's not. He's not, he's, he's not the, the, the king of the Jews. Put up on the cross, he said, I am king of the Jews. It was a claim. And Pilate, even though we, we, you know, we attribute so much uh, to him, so much blame to him for the crucifixion of Jesus, did have the insight to say, no, that cross, that sign will stay as it is. What I have written, I have written. And when we pick up those pages of Holy Scripture, we see that, in fact, what I have written, I have written, needs to be hammered home to us too. It was passed on to us through divine guidance, and it is not for us to change it, to water it down, to leave out sections of it, The scriptures are there. What we receive, we have received. And we live our lives by them and govern ourselves thereby. So I hope that this year, having so much happen during Holy Cross Cross Tide, reminds us both of the the, the joy that came from the cross. Paul saying, I'll never preach anything else except Christ and him crucified. And also the, the victory of the cross 
and the fact that symbolically we have to uphold that cross even as we attempt to carry it ourselves in our own lives. An old hymn says, O my Savior, lift it from the earth for me. Draw me in thy mercy closer unto thee. Let us pray that we, day by day, will draw closer as we carry that cross, draw even closer to the one who hung upon it and who did all of it for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.